January 30th, and this is Season 7, Episode 21 of the Four Star Spurs Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. With me this week is Lucas. Hello, hello, hello. Michael. Hey there, everybody. And Cy. Hey, good to be back. Yep. Well, uh, I want to start this conversation with a, a uh, pulling my earphones out of my head and uh, making a weird sound thing, but it's fine. We're going to roll with it. I want to start this conversation with kind of the drama that happened today. Um, so most of us woke up, or some of us were just going to bed here in the U.S. if uh, if we're we're late night people. But me, I was uh, rolling around in bed, not sleeping very well, waking up around four in the morning, and uh, the the rumors had already hit hit us in the U.S. that the the uh, uh, that the poor deal had fallen through. Now. Um, Obviously, we were all very concerned about it, and and it's been a very up and down day. Uh, everybody's like, "Oh, it's uh, it's off." Looking for to blame everybody, then then it's possibly back on, or they're back negotiating. Levy's and Levy's doing the negotiation himself uh, to to get this across the line. It was uh, maybe uh, just under three million that they uh, in fees that they want. Um, uh, Spurs to pay now that wasn't in the initial negotiations and agreement. Um, a whole lot of drama, and and I think I'm just going to lead the conversation with kind of like telling a story, and it'll make sense when I get to it. Um, so when when I was in college, I um, I had a lot of trouble getting all my credits for my undergrad together, and I was very worried that I wasn't going to have enough credits to to graduate college. So I would, um, years later, I would wake up with uh, um, dreams where I'm just like, <laughs> I'm not going to graduate college. I mean, I had already graduated my master's degree. Five years later, I'm still having nightmares that I didn't, I'm not graduating college. I kind of feel like I'm going to have uh, nightmares, even when if Poro is across the line, landing in London as we speak. Uh, and gets across the line. I think I'm going to be waking up next week and just be like, oh, we didn't sign Boro. We're in trouble. But, uh, go ahead, Lucas. I, I think that's a really good analogy. I mean, for me, it's it, 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 it cannot have come to a shock that we hit these hiccups to any one of us. If we were supporters of any other team and there were these late last-second hiccups and it could be the deals falling through and whatnot, every other fan base would be like, oh, my goodness, what a – Oh my, how could this have happened? But with us, it's like not one of us actually expected this to go through flawless without these hiccups at the end. Like we've just come to expect that that's going to be our reality is we're going to leave it late and then pray to God that something doesn't happen to throw it off the rails at the last second. And I mean, it, it looks right this like right this second. I know it's like he's got his uh, medical schedule for tomorrow. It's um, it all looks as if it's a done deal. But like we always say, until I see him, even though I know it's a virtual certainty, it's like until I see him holding up that scarf at, Tos at uh, Hotspur Way, I'm just going to assume that there's some mythical force that's going to prevent the deal from actually happening. Uh, you're on mute, Anthony. I was just going to say, or Everton, Everton uh, pulls a fast one on us and comes in. Uh, and yeah, exactly. Everton <laughs> feels the same way now. So, uh, so I think, uh, Sai, you had your end up next. Well, I mean, I just it's it's like every Spurs fans we've been going through at least for the last decade. Every deal gets done at the last minute, everything. And so we're on pins and needles when something doesn't go right. And 
we all know nothing's going to be perfect with, with the way Livy deals and does his deals. But, like, it's just – why are we always leaving these deals to the very, very last second? Like, Poro's going to do a physical tomorrow, the final day. Like, he's going to be fine. But what if something pops up? I mean, then what? We have no right back. We have no right wing back. I mean, it's just – this shit is astounding. We leave this to the very last second. Lucas, what are you in, man? You're on you're, me and me, Lucas. Yeah, yeah we're, <laughs> it's like, and we're back to going with these. I was like, last week we were in person again. It felt so nice. No, I, I wanted to agree with Cy that the uh, the thing that really drives me nuts, and I don't, I don't uh, expect to know everything about the complexity that occurs when these deals and stuff get done. Like we don't know as fans, like how much goes into these deals and all the stuff that goes on in the background. But I, I got to assume that there's an easier way to get things done than the way that we do it while we leave it late. Because then we have, like Syed mentioned, with if this deal falls through, now it's like, well, now we can't loan out Spence or something. Or now we can't – now one injury from – like, or, or no, say we like went to put Spence on loan or something and then Doherty gets a leg injury. Now we only have one right back. And now it's so, it's, it's so much less productive when we get – and I know I'm speaking in terms of – things that I don't fully understand when it comes to these deals, but it's got like, you see other clubs getting the, their business done in the first week of January. And here we are leaving every single thing to the last week. And it's like, that's how stuff can go wrong. And you can end up with a, a nightmare scenario. I, it seems like we were able to get this done, but I mean, we, we got to find a way to get some of this business done when it's not the last possible second. Michael. Well, I mean, of course, I'm also an expert in talking about things I don't understand and watch me do it right now. But <laughs> look, uh, I think there's a reason that some of this stuff goes later. Clearly they were interested in, in negotiating over this. They were not going to give up a pound and they didn't at the end of the day. I think 45 million pounds is what we heard when this transfer rumor popped up like a week ago. Right. And then we heard this negotiation was continuing and it has ended at $45 million if I'm seeing things correctly. So we don't. We knew that they were clearly dug in and ready to negotiate, and they weren't going to give an inch. So what I'm saying is I think it dragged on on their end, not on our end. Uh, that said, of course, you're right. Like, we leave things to the end. It creates problems. What if this had gone through? I think it's a legitimate question. Uh, but... I think the silence that was happening around our transfer window is a good thing, first of all, because it means we're not leaking our negotiating all over the place and making it harder for ourselves to get a deal done. I think that sometimes things are cooking, but we just don't know they're happening yet. So how long has this deal been going on? I don't know. It could have been something in the works since the beginning of the window. Um, yeah. So, oh, yeah, sorry. go ahead. No, I was going to say that, like, you're right, but, like, I'm wondering – if they were playing the games the whole time because they wanted him to play in that cup game in which that cup game was scheduled for the weekend before right. the final date. So were they really just prolonging this thing to give them the best chance to win silverware, which I don't fault them for. I mean, good, good on them. Like they're in the driver's seat. It's their player. They could do what the hell they want to do. So maybe that's what happened. And we would have done the same thing. Right. <laughs> if yeah. The we're reversed and we were in a cup final and we needed that player for a cup final before we sold them on. We the same thing. 
And I, yeah. well, I totally, I totally get that that is a possibility. But what, what I would have loved to see and made me would have been easier to help me sleep at night was okay. If that's the case, and they are dead set on that being a part of this, this transfer, and they're saying if you want him, you have to at least let him play this last game. If that's something that was an absolute deal breaker for them, so be it. Let's get everything ironed out and let's say everything crossed off and everything done. The deal is done, but we're just letting you, you're basically a lone E for like the week or something. You could be a lone player for the last two weeks of January or something like that. So we at least know that the deal's done and say bar a medical and a health assessment after that game, bar anything crazy happening there, he is officially a Tottenham player. Like give me some kind of like, Right. Like I don't that think I they're allowed to stick to contracts, though, Lucas. Oh, well, they, they do have some. Like, you like you have, like... Uh, two-week loans? I don't think so. Yeah, you have, like, small loans. Like, I don't know about two-week loans, but, I mean, if you can do a two-month loan if you're an MLS player, like, why can't you do a... I'm sure there's some way to figure stuff out where we could have at least some guarantee and <laughs> we're not spending the last 48 hours going mental trying to cross every T and dot every I. I would argue that I think this it was always going to come to, they were going to wait until after the game. And there was always going to be that last minute um, trick that they were going to play. Like, uh, I, I don't think it, even if we had negotiated uh, like at the beginning, as soon as the window opened up and had everything down on paper, they would well, still, if, they would still be holding out for the last little bit here at the, uh, at the end. Well, it would have been fair awkward too, because we all, every one of us, all four of us were at the pub on Saturday to watch uh Spurs in our FA Cup game, but we all stayed afterwards and watched that game because we all wanted to get a good look at Poro in that Cup game. So we threw that on after, and after that game, he was walking around like saying his goodbyes as if he was on his way out. So that would have been really uncomfortable if the deal fell through and he, because he didn't go to training the next day, so it would have been, uh, or he didn't do training today, so it would have been fairly awkward for him to say his, say his goodbyes, expect to have his bags packed for London, and then all of a sudden be spending the next six months at, at sporting still. Well, and I think he's a big reason well, why he's coming to us, too, because yeah. he clearly wanted to come to Spurs, and he was cl- clearly upset when things got delayed this morning. Well, or, he took the cheat code. His team didn't have to win the Champions League group. He just took the cheat code and just got transferred into the team that won the Champions League group. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. He was like, I don't care if we didn't win the group. Like, I'm going to go join the winners. So, <laughs> he gets to play in the knockout stage now. Go ahead, say. To be fair to to be fair to him and to to look forward as the Spurs. I mean, I watched him in that game. I've seen him play for Portugal. I've seen him play a bunch of matches. The kid's a player. Uh, definitely the best right back I think we're gonna have since Kyle Walker. And we've been begging to find somebody <coughs> to replace Kyle Walker. Serge, Serge, Serge. Had some of my whiskey in Surge. my throat. Sorry. Can't can't throw the ball in Serge. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, no no. I think I think we're in some really. I think people are going to be very, very pleased with the kid that's coming in right now. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm excited to watch him play. I mean, you never know when somebody comes into Premier League how they're going to handle it. Um, you know, he doesn't have that much time that here. But, but he looks like a brick shit house. I mean, he's he's, yeah. he's built. I mean, the kid's not he's not scrawny Brian Hill. He's he's a big boy who's who can yeah. move. He's he's short. He's not a huge guy, but he's he, he seems like he's. He's built. He's got pace. He's got. Um, he's not afraid to uh, be strong on the ball. So I, I think it's well. And given who we have in the current yeah. position, I mean, it's pretty clear. Yeah. If, yeah. If, if, I mean, our, our rec team players on, on right back could play at Emerson Royale's level uh, and maybe <laughs> even score more goals. And 
that's not a, a compliment to our rec players, uh, even though I wish it was. <laughs> well, um, let's um, uh, let's move, move the conversation along. There'll be more to say next week. Maybe we'll even have seen him play a few minutes uh, um, when we hit next uh, weekend, and we'll have that to talk about when we, we're next together. But let's get it across the line, see him holding the shirt up and be positive that this is a, a sure thing. And I'll still have my nightmares when I <laughs> wake up uh, like, the, that it didn't really happen. But um, I also want to talk a little bit about our other signing because uh, that happened pretty much the day after our last episode. Uh, so Dan Juma. So we hijacked that from Everton, um, as I kind of alluded to earlier in the conversation. Um, he, he seems like he's... Uh, a, a player who certainly uh, is, is aggressive and wants to, uh, you know, he, he's calling for the ball. He wants to play. Um, and yeah, clearly he much, would much rather play with us knowing that he's going to be in more of a supporting role than, than, than play for Everton where he probably would play every day. Uh, so that tells you a little something about his desire to, to be here. Um, how are you guys feeling about this transfer given that it's not necessarily a position that we uh, don't have depth in. Um, uh, Lucas, you want to tackle it first? Uh, yeah, and I think we'll, we'll get into like the ins and outs of our game this weekend and the FA Cup, um, But because he got his little cameo and a goal there. But like even from watching him in that game, something I think kind of touches on what you talked about there is the fact that he actually he seems to really back himself. Um, he seems to make – he. He loves to, he really seemed like even in, we were up 2-0 in like the 80th minute and he was seeming like he was getting pissed off when the ball wasn't coming to him and he felt he was open, like not in a bad way, but in like a, that eager to score and eager to get his touches. Like, so he seems like he's really up for it. And I think what you said there with Everton is he had an opportunity to go probably play and start every game. If you're going to Everton, he's going to come back. And this is a guy that he used to play, played a couple of years at Bournemouth. So he knows the ins and outs of the Premier League. Um, and then, I, I think to him it speaks of his character and his belief in himself because he's believing that he can come to a team that has wings, that has guys out at the wing that are probably going to have seniority and higher talent level than him. But he's backing himself saying that he wants to come be a part of what we're doing and play for a manager like Conti and play around players like Harry Kane and Kulichevsky and Son and like these and Richarlson and these type of high caliber players he believes in himself that he can not only come and be a part of that, but that he can actually work his way into the rotation. And I think that speaks a lot to his character. And I'm excited to see if, if he can prove himself right. Michael. Well, and on the topic of uh, transfer business and business practices, I don't know if uh, I was shocked when this happened. I, I know Everton were even more shocked than I was, but I, I thought that was actually a great piece of, piece of work i i don't know if i've heard of a dramatic steal like that in the last couple transfer windows uh where a player is like about to you know get his blood test done and run on the treadmill with all the sensors attached to him and then like at that moment whisked out from under him by our people so maybe that's what they were busy engineering cooking up over there uh for the transfer window but i thought in terms of a steal it it really was a steal and um, again, do, do I think it's where we needed to prioritize having depth? No, no, I do not. But am I happy to have him? And do I agree with you that he's eager? He'll bring energy. And if this team needs something, it has a lot of talent. 
It could really use some energy and drive to go with the talent. And if he's bringing that and, and the willingness to play like you two just mentioned, I'm happy about it. So I think it's all around. The way we did it was kind of hilarious. We get a good player out of it for cheap. Nothing to complain about from me. Yeah, and it's a low yeah, I bet. commitment. Uh, but, yeah, go ahead, Ty. Well, I mean, that that's that's it. It's it's a low. I, I just, I'm going to start by saying that I hope this kid turns out to be great. And his attitude, like Lucas said, great attitude, wants the ball, wants to score, wants to succeed. You want that in every single player you have. I don't necessarily agree that we have the depth. Mora is in trouble. Hopefully he's coming back soon. Obviously, Hill was not looked at as somebody who could play for us right now. So we put him out on loan. That leaves basically four up front. And Rickarlson's been hurt all the time. Kane goes down with an ankle, but he hasn't gone down with an ankle in a while. But Sun's been out Touch of form. Yeah, t- I did. I did. So, like, it, it, those things, like, I, I don't know. I think we do need to bring him in. But I think people need to realize that, like, let's not put too much pressure on this kid um, who, was, who was a bench player previously for Valencia and came off the bench and scored some goals for them. And he's done well. But, like, he plays behind Stevie B for Netherlands. He plays behind Victor Jensen in the Netherlands. I mean, let's let the kid grow up. Let's let him get behind Harry Kane, learn work ethic, learn what it's like to actually play at a top level like this at for Spurs and let him grow. I don't want to see us get in a situation where we're like, we're putting way too much weight in this kid's back. Let's just have expectations are a two and a half million dollar loan. Let it be that we haven't bought the kid. We have no, we have nothing that says we need to buy the kid. All it is, this is the trial and error for a half a year that says, come on in for two million bucks, do what you can do, make an effort, help us out. Lucas? Yeah, and I think, uh, I think, I don't think we will put that much pressure on him. And I think we've done a good job. I think the buy on clause, like there's an option to buy that I think is around 20. Um, So that, that speaks to more things that can motivate him. Is this, if, I mean, if I were him, I'd be saying, I want to make sure that I'm, making myself I want at the end of my six months Tottenham Hotspur to have no other choice but to buy me and I get to be a part of this if that's if that was him that's what I'd be thinking so that is an extra thing that's probably going to make him work hard and try and make an impact every time he gets on the pitch and that's important for us and I think we just touched on Lucas Mora I think he's going to try and be we need him to then be in that Lucas Mora role something that we can have that injection of energy and pace off the bench that gives us a different look if we've kind of hit a stalling point at the 70th minute, 60th minute, and we need that change, I think that that's going to be a really important guy to have because he seems like it, it's, it is difficult to find somebody that's willing to be that bench player and willing to be, to provide, like, that's what I've always said. It's my favorite thing about Lucas Moore is like Lucas Moore could not start and he could not touch, he could not see the pitch for 10 days or 10 straight games. And he's not going to be sitting there bitching or moaning, wishing that, going to the media it's just the next second that his feet touch that pitch he's going to be just pretending that nothing happened he's going to be going at it with the same energy and attitude and that that's maybe what we could have here in danjuma is that that's our he could be our next like impact sub off the bench but like Sai said squad depth you're always you always think that you're super deep but it's one or two injuries away and all of a sudden he might be asked to be a regular starter so it's going to be on him, and I think that he's got that attitude, and I'm really excited to see what he's able to do. Well, just to kind of wrap up the conversation on him, he also has really put up some good numbers in Champions League play. So, um, so I think that's uh, 
Uh, definitely positive. I guess we potentially only have two more Champions League matches left to play, but if we advance, like uh, maybe he could be a part of that as well. Um, without putting too much pressure on him, like yeah, yeah, um, you know, he he's stood up in that competition before. Um, he he knows how to play European teams pretty well. Like uh, he maybe he could be one of those guys that really could be our stud in the, that competition, which we certainly need at times. Um, so. Uh, lots to be excited about there, even though it wasn't necessarily a position that like we needed the most. It wasn't a center back. It wasn't an attacking midfielder. Um, but, um, but still it, it's, it gives the other attacking option to that Conte wanted. So, uh, I think there's a positive there. Um, so let's move the conversation along. Um, uh, we're going to talk, uh, about the FA cup match against Preston and we'll talk about the draw that happened afterwards, but, um, so uh, we went into this one. I, I mean, whenever you're playing a championship side, you 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 take it a you still have to take it seriously, especially when you're playing on their home ground. Like you can't um, come in. But we saw a bit of squad rotation here, and uh, we got to see Harry Kane get a rest, which was nice to see. Um, we uh, we came into it. The first half I think was kind of uh, boring. Like uh, there there wasn't much happening there. Uh, we had lots of possession, there, but there wasn't a lot of creativity, uh, kind of like a, the old tale that we've seen for a while. But I don't think there was anything concerning about what we were watching in that half. Um, and then the second half kind of uh, turned things around, and uh, we, we got to see uh, uh, son that we haven't seen much this season uh, for a little bit, admittedly against the lesser competition, but, um, but we got to see uh, something out of him. And then, of course, uh, Dan Juma, we got to see a little something out of. So, how do you guys feel about this match in general? Uh, let's. Uh, I think Lucas is saying what at first. So, go ahead, Lucas. Well, the first thing for me was that this is uh, this is the exact type of game you're in the round of 32, fourth round, fourth round proper. This is the exact type of game that some a club of our caliber should be able to start the lineup that we started not have to use somebody like Harry Kane, rotate guys in and walk out of there with the result and not have to brick it and have a replay or have it come down to the last minute and we had to bring Harry on in the 80th or something because they equalized. Like, that was the exact type of performance that you would expect somebody of our caliber to be able to perform or to put out there. And that was the first part that was nice. You're right. The first half went exactly like I anticipated it to. Uh, if we came out slow and we did that, against a League One side in Portsmouth at home. At home, we weren't going to go up to the wet and rainy Preston game and, like, bully a, champion, a mid-level championship side off the pitch. So that was, like, kind of the first half that I expected. And it was nice to see. It's an expression I've used a lot on the podcast now. is like having your superstars be superstars. And that was an opportunity for Sun to actually just change the game by being the superstar that we've all known or come to know and love in Youngman's son. So um, I, I was overall just pleased that it, it didn't feel like at any moment that Preston was coming at us or like on the, like just knocking on the door about to get one in or building momentum or anything like that. We really kept him at bay the entire time with a really rotated midfield and defense. And I mean, it was really, even though it was boring in the, that first half, I don't think it ever felt like that game was going anywhere other than eventually going to go our way. Yeah, yeah. And uh, um, 
first of all, the the atmosphere at the bar for for that cup game was actually great. There was a great turnout there. I thought it was a fun day, um, and uh, I I agree. I think the phrase I heard about Sonny from multiple people, everyone you know who texted me during the game or was with me at the bar, said he needed that. He needed that. He needed that. That's what I heard over and over. Uh, you're right. It's against the lower league side. He had more space than I think he usually gets. But honestly, considering what we have seen from Sonny lately, where he simply runs into the opposition, loses the ball, and that's it for the whole game, to see him have a chance, space in the ball, opportunity to uh, to to work some magic, to feel like he's playing for himself again, I think that is what he needed. So I think for him... That's great, and it's great for us, hopefully, to see him back in form. Also, Kulisevsky looked to be in good form. Uh, Brian Hill actually did help set up that final goal, so we wish him farewell, knowing that he did help a little bit. And you're right. At the end of the day, I was worried that, you know, we should be winning this one, but it really could be one of those, couldn't it? And it was not one of those. It was it was boring, and for Spurs in a cup match, I will take boring. I'm fine with boring. Uh, my expectations are low, and we surpass them. So that's that's all I could ask for, really. And the, the fact that we give Harry Kane, who's the number two most played minutes in the league this season, uh, I think in the entire Premier League, so to give him even one game arrest at this point is well, well worth it. So all, all in all, I'll take boring. And I think a lot of us will say the same thing if we're winning. Yeah, and it was only that first half that was boring. Uh, Sai? Yeah, no, I, th- I thought, you know, it's it's funny. I, I like to watch everybody's attitudes when you walk in the pub before a match. And, and and we've all been pretty hard on each other about the squad, about the team, how we're performing, blah, blah. But everybody walked in there with this, like, slight attitude of, like, fuck it. We're fucking up everything. We're Tottenham, you know, we're going to, we're going to screw it up again, but no one believed it deep down inside. Everybody had this kind of chuckle in the voice as they said it. Um, and so when we, when we got to that second half and started getting on top, I mean, the, the songs started screaming, the, the, the drinks started flowing and everybody was like in really, really good spirits. It was a really great day out. And so that's, the, that, that was, that was really fun. Um, and I, I, I hope that kind of attitude continues. Go ahead, Lucas. Yeah, for me, uh, first of all, yeah, I agree with you, Sai. It was great and like great atmosphere there. And again, for me, walking into the pub on like FA Cup Day is something that is very, very important to me. Always has been. So, um, I don't care if we're playing a Barcelona Madrid All Star team. If it's FA Cup Day, I'm walking in there thinking that we're going to win. It's just that's who we are. Um, but no, uh, to Michael's point, I think the thing with Sun getting those goals, the reason why I found that so important was it's important that Sun finds his confidence again. And that was the first thing he said in the post-match interview was to find he's like, that's good for my confidence because we all know it's a it's a Sun confidence issue. That's all it is. Form is per, or, uh, form is temporary, like class is permanent. So, you know, it's like he's going to shake himself out of it. But it's important that he scores not just a goal or two but that he scores Hyung Min Sun caliber goals. So if he were to have found like, oh, well, Sun got a brace, but it was a weird deflection and like a tap in or a penalty or something, that's not getting his confidence up. The goals that he scored 
were the that was the type of shit we're used to seeing from Hyungman Son. That first one from outside the box didn't even have to look, just put it on his boot and knew exactly what top corner he's going into. That's the type of stuff that we've seen Hyungman Son at his best be able to do for us and that we've been missing so dearly. And so it was really great to see him not just score, but score really classy, classic Hyungman Son goals. That's what's going to get his confidence back. And that's what we need him to start doing again if we're going to try and go on and push in this competition and in the league and then the Champions League. We're going to need our real Hyungman Son back. So it was good to see him score. Like even the, the Palace one that he scored that we all thought, oh, maybe that's it. But that was just a cheeky deflection on a one-on-one. So it's like, it wasn't his best work. This was what we're used to seeing at his best, and that was great. Yeah. Uh, Sai? No, I mean, I, 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 Lucas, I think you're dead right. It's it's having the confidence to unleash a ball from 25 out and know where it's going to go. That's the sun. When he gets going and he gets, starts doing that and we start getting goals that way, that's when we start going. Um, I think Michael said it earlier. He's been dribbling way too much into the box, trying to dribble through three or four players. And just, just where, where he's best is taking that ball just from outside the box and unleashing it. And if he starts just even taking two or three or four shots a game like that, I mean, they're most likely not going to go in, but just the efforts are we're going to allow deflections. They're going to allow a lot of opportunity for the team to kind of swarm and, and get some rebound get some goals. Just get, it, it just starts everybody going forward and getting, uh, getting more opportunities. Yeah, it's uh, it really is kind of that add-on effect, like uh, cumulative. You just keep uh, like uh, Sun playing better. We're seeing more out of him, and then uh, other people get up for it, and um, and you have more opportunities. You're exactly right. Um, any last thoughts before we go to MVP? Yeah. Oh, let's, let's go to MVP, and we'll start with Michael. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Sonny. I think his goal set the pace for the game. They kept it going. They put the pressure on, and he kept those defenders busy. He deserved it. It's almost self-evident. I think it's Sonny. Yeah, I I, I think there's a good shout there. Uh, Lucas, do you have anybody different? You're on mute. You're muted. Ah, damn it all. Uh, no, I think it's impossible to say it was anybody but Son. It was really great to see. I agree. It's it's uh, you can't go anybody but Sun. No, Anthony's now you're on muted. Mute. Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree. Hey, there's your podcast I'm, title. Yeah. Who's on mute? <laughs> mute. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah. No, I, how can how can you pick anybody else? But it was nice to see uh, like a cheeky goal from D- Dinjuma. Like you know he. It it probably wasn't something that would normally go in, but it's nice to see somebody get a goal their uh, their first match. Um, um, I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, I, may, I think I may have even seen something on Twitter, some people talking uh, about it. But um, uh, we do have this knack for having players come in in their first game that they play for us. Uh, they score a goal. Um, and oftentimes they don't score a lot after that for a while. But like we, we saw it with Stevie, Stevie B and Dombele had a goal his first game. Wanyama. Well, yeah, Wanyama. Um, yeah, we. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, I. Eric I think Dyer. Kulishevsky maybe his first start. Um, I can't remember if it was his first. It was Kulishevsky's first start. Yeah. 
Eric yep. Dyers was his, wasn't that his first game against West Ham? It was his, it was his first game, yeah. Yeah, it was and Potch's first game. <laughs> yeah, against oh, yeah. with well, with, was, and with when we playing, were down uh, man, like West Ham away back too, wasn't he for us? Like uh, Dyer <laughs> when he, he scored two goals that game, I think. No, it was just the one we won one. Oh, one and maybe it was the next game that he had two goals or so. It was yeah, like it totally off the bank. Like he, everybody thought he was going to be like a scoring threat, but yeah, it was. Uh, well, let's hilarious. let's hope that Danjuma wants to go with the path of scoring more. I mean, look, some of the guys that we bought this summer that we were all excited about have come in and not really produced in terms of goals. Richarlison still doesn't have a domestic goal; he's got Champions League goals. So, I mean, we haven't seen Basuma get a goal. Skip, I don't think has got like his skip ever scored for us. I don't think so. I don't think he has. I mean, there's a lot of guys that you could say it wasn't until this. Wait, was it? Wasn't it this season? Like, it took a long time for uh, Benton Core to get his goal. So, there's nothing wrong with coming in and getting that first goal off your back right away. So, may yeah, long, long may that continue. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, how about LVP? Let's go back to Michael. Oh, I don't know if I could if I have an LVP to, today. Uh, they. Our midfield and our defenders were, were still playing decently. I don't know if anyone stands out as uh, as an LVP. I, I honestly can't think of one, but maybe I'll uh, steal one of yours. I'll, I'll let you guys go and maybe come back to me at the end. I, I think Lucas was next, Sam. Yeah, I just mine was, um, again, it's, it's tough to really throw. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus after a pretty good performance like that. But for me, it's Sesson Young. Uh, I really felt that he got himself in the right position a lot of times, but again, that the, the lack of quality in the final third is just so brutal from him. And it's, it's really disappointing because we know what he's actually capable of doing and his inability. It's something I scream about all the time is I'm asking him to take on your man, take on your man, try and beat him to the end line and get the ball, get the ball into the middle. Like if, if you're not willing to try and take on your man from Preston, what confidence am I going to have if we have to slot you in against AC Milan in the Champions League or on Sunday next week against City? Like, if you won't take on your man against a championship seed or a championship side or a League One side, if you don't have that confidence, how am I going to ask you to play in some of these big games that we're going to need going forward in this competition and the other competitions? So it's like, yeah, it's clearly just a lack of confidence and he doesn't know what to do. He can put himself in the right position, but then once he gets the ball at his feet, doesn't cross to a man, crosses to a wide open area. It's he's not looking to actually play a pass. It just it was really poor, and unfortunately, it's a lot of more of the same that we've seen from him. Ty, well, I don't really mean to be harsh here, but I mean Lucas just took it out of my mouth. Sessignon, I mean he wasn't atrocious, but but what he did was atrocious because for exactly what Lucas was saying. He hasn't proven himself all year. Then you go up against a, a League One, a championship side, but and it shows no quality whatsoever. It, when the ball was at his feet, couldn't get past a single soul. Every pass was errant. It was it, he's showing that he cannot play the position at the current state and with the Spurs need it. And and that's that's a huge LVP thing. Like we need him to step up, especially in games like this where he's getting a full ninety minutes. And we need him to like assist or, or score or somehow get involved with that that back the the front third of us pressuring to get the ball in. And I know Perisic was playing the striker for a while, 
Some was playing the left, but like, it doesn't matter. Like he should have been much, much, much better. Um, and wasn't, I didn't really notice Doherty. I mean, I think Doherty's just fine. I thought, I honestly thought, I mean, if I'll go right down the list real quick, but I thought Benzker did not play particularly well in this game. Um, what, is that a knock on him? He hasn't really had a lot a ton of minutes just coming back. So no, I'm worried about that. And I'm worried about Langley not being good enough. And I thought Dave was just kind of there, but Sessignon for me was like, Oh man, please God be just a little bit better. Lucas, you want to jump in there? Yeah, I'll just, I'll finish up that point. Um, Cause what sub said some uh, size said something that kind of like struck a chord with me there. The thing with Sessegnon when it comes to that lack of confidence, too, is this was the perfect game for you to try and make those runs and try and get aggressive. Because what is the worst that's going to happen if you lose the ball in the final third trying to run it past someone? They win the ball, and our midfield wins it back in about five seconds. Like, Preston right. was doing nothing. As soon as they won the ball, they were hoofing it, trying clearing it. They, they didn't have any ability to break our press or to get the ball behind us and threaten us. I think, I think I saw Forster like three times. So it's like, that's the game where we need you, Sessignon, to actually try and go experiment and try and get some of your confidence back and get aggressive because there's nothing bad that's going to happen by you giving the ball away. Best case scenario, you beat your man and you've now run into the box and can create a goal. Worst case scenario, you give the ball away and we win it back in about five seconds because our midfield is a thousand times better than theirs. So it's like, that was, I think, what was extra disappointing for me, and that's why I was pretty harsh on him as for LVP. Yeah, well, and I agree with you guys. He's my LVP. And I think it's kind of telling that you've started to see his name. I don't think they're legitimate transfers, but you're seeing his name thrown in as a player swap for center backs that we're going for and things like that. Nothing that's actually going to happen. But when you're even considering giving up one of your only two left backs, and the other one's, uh, like, uh, what, 36 or something like that? Like, right. it kind of tells you that, like, wow, we, we have a problem there. That, um, um, and if we did sell him, like, what happens if Parasic gets hurt at his age or just can't go the amount of minutes that we need? So, yeah, it's, it's telling that, um, that Conte's lost confidence in him. Um, I, I think that's, a, that's very concerning for us right now. <laughs> And it's such a shame, too, with him coming off the, at the, the opening day of the season, how he scored against Southampton, and he looked great. We were all thinking, wow, he's finally landed. He's finally here. And it's like six months later, we're like, ah, oh, crap, it still isn't working. Well, fair, fair game to him real quick. He, he, in the offseason, he got jacked up. I mean, he's, he's built. He's, got, he's, 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 got, he's a little faster. He's more physical. I give him all of that. Um, and I was super pumped to start the season when I saw him. I was like, wow, this kid came to play. Um, it just seems like he's, he's, he's lacking the confidence and maybe, maybe slightly scared to mess up. Um, and what, what was telling to me at the very end of the game when they, when Conte finally said, holy shit, like enough's enough of this. He ended up, he ended up moving Emerson to the left side and Emerson can't play on the right in this position, let alone <laughs> the left. So it was like, it was, that's how bad in, I mean, I know that we're being harsh on him right now. And Sess, if you're if you're listening to this, I do love you, kid. But at this at this point in time, Conte was like, whoa, whoa, whoa gotta get him off. And so, yeah, moving Emerson over there, I was just like, that's how bad he was playing today. So, sorry, Sess, but that was it, it, my bad. 
Yeah, it, it's frustrating because we know he has physically the ability, and we've seen how fast he can be. We've seen that he's got the – he's in the right place at the right time, actually decent, more than Royale in terms of actually where he is. It's the decision-making. He, I mean, you're right. He looks scared. Sometimes I'm like, oh, no, you can you can touch that. That's You're supposed to touch the ball, actually. <laughs> he, he seems scared to hit it. And um, and it's always the, the the wrong decision. So yeah, I, I guess I'm gonna uh, be the taking the easy way out now that I've heard you all say it, and I will jump on that bandwagon and agree with you. And I guess the reason why I didn't think of him originally was because I just didn't even see him that much. Uh, maybe willfully trying to ignore it, but you're right. It's frustrating because we know he's in the right spot. He has the legs for it. He's pacey. He knows the system. He's had the time. He's he's so close. He just has the just got to get the game sense in, and he's good. You know. Yeah. Last thoughts, Lucas. All right. Last thoughts. I literally was just gonna say, and I'll wrap this up. I thought this would be a fun way to end it after we just took the piss out of Seth for <laughs> for that long. But <laughs> I will say, an honorary MVP that I wanted to throw out is Richarlson. Not actually there because he picked up a knock. But the night before with Lucas Mora in the U21s game, I hope everyone's seen it at this point. Lucas Mora is doing a rehab start, trying to get his legs back after being on injury. So he's doing a start with the U21s. And Richarlson showed up with a sign saying, Lucas, can I have your shirt? Like, I just thought that level of banter and that level of like camaraderie within the team that you're going to go back one of your friends on a rehab start <laughs> the night before. And he scored like, and Mora yeah, scored. Yeah, so yeah. I just, I thought it was so funny. And I love that. I love that like banter and that ability to that camaraderie between our guys. I'd love to see it. So shout that out was, to Rich Harrelson for that was a good moment. I thought, that was, a fun, good uh, yeah, I thought that was a fun transition into the next topic. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, um, I think this is a good place to go to half. Um, uh, the second in the second half, we are going to talk a little bit more about transfer rumors. Uh, um, assuming nothing else happens and what happens does actually happen. We'll rate the window. Uh, based on what we know today. Um, and uh, then we will preview the upcoming league match against Manchester City at home. Um, but first, we are going to go to Luke's Locks. Luke's Locks! All right, all right. Welcome back. Luke's Locks. First up is going to be under two and a half goals in the Friday game that sees Chelsea at home to Fulham. Fulham had a massive win at home in this West London derby a few weeks ago, and I expect Chelsea to be much, much more on top of their game this time at home. Realizing that, I think Fulham will be content to look for a point in this one, and we'll see an organized Fulham team keeping a lot of numbers behind the ball. So look for a scoring, or excuse me, a low-scoring game in this one, and take the under two and a half goals. Next up, we're gonna go the other way and take over two and a half goals in Everton at home to Arsenal. With the new addition of Sean Dyche as manager of Everton, I think we'll see that injection of life that we typically see when a new manager takes over. Uh, I think Everton will be hungry and eager and go get a goal. That being said, Arsenal are on top of the table for a reason and shouldn't have any problem scoring multiple goals and bagging all three points. So Everton will score, Arsenal will win. So that math means take over two and a half goals in Everton at home to Arsenal. Third of the week, we will be taking Liverpool minus a half goal away at Wolves. Uh, Wolves have been poor this season and currently sit in 17th. 
Liverpool are desperate to get their season going in the right direction and make a push to get into the top four. I expect to see an aggressive Liverpool side that is eventually going to break down the stingy home Wolves side. So take Liverpool minus a half goal away at Wolves. Fourth and final game this week is one that I hate to give out, but it's going to be Man City minus a half goal away at our beloved Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game if you're a neutral supporter and don't care who wins. It'll be a lot of fun to watch for us. Maybe not. Uh, Spurs and City seem to bring the best out of each other, and there are just too many unknowns of on the Spurs side of things, whereas City trying to catch Arsenal at the top of the league, their firepower and their muscle off the bench is likely going to be too much for us. So I think the play here is taking City minus the half goal. But God, do I hope I'm wrong. That being said, there's your four free locks of the week. Let's go get rich, kids. Well, thanks as always, Lucas. Now we're just going to roll right into, uh, I guess I'm going to call it Michael's uh, Chicago Spurs pub team update. Yeah, we'll have to come up with a catchy name. I'll work on that one. But uh, unfortunately, I have to report that we lost yesterday 2-1. to one, But this ref yesterday was almost as bad as a Premier League referee. Uh, refing our games, of course, and uh, that second goal was conceded via a free kick that felt like a penalty to me. So all that to say, we did lose, but we're having a lot of fun in the Chicago Fire Rec League. We have one game left on Sunday after Man City, so I plan on getting very drunk and then goalkeeping our final game of the season, which we hope will bookend our season. We started with a win. We're going to end, I hope, on Sunday with a win. And then we're going to be back February 9th uh, for uh, Thursday night 5v5. Luke, you wanted to add something? I just wanted to jump in. I wanted to quickly amend. I didn't mean to interrupt. I want to quickly amend uh, fifth Luke's lock that I'm giving up. Uh, Michael said he's going to get drunk and then be goalkeeper. So I'm taking take the over in that game as well. <laughs> Everyone bet the over. I expect to see a lot of goals in the... Chicago Spurs rec league game. How the over? <laughs> Look, it's not uh, it's not a bad fixing if uh, if I was going to do it anyways. So uh, that's where we're at. But in any case, if you are interested, always reach out to any of us. Uh, we will be playing February 9th, first game of Thursday nights, so, uh, five v five indoors. So we're having a lot of fun, and I'm looking forward further ahead to a summer season which is going to be a bigger team. I'm hoping that we'll have uh, the Atlantic continuing on as our sponsor, and there's bigger things to come. We're continuing to grow. We get better every game. And one final fact for you, we've scored 11 games in the last – 11 goals, rather, in the last seven games. So we are scoring. We, we are playing decently well. On a better day, we would have won a couple more games, and we are enjoying ourselves. And isn't that the goal? So with that – you know where to find us. Come on, you Chicago Spurs. Okay, great. Well, thank you. Um, so I, I forgot in the first half that uh, we did have another bit of news that we needed to talk about that happened today. So today was the FA Cup draw. Um, now, going into it, like I was actually predicting this uh, selection that we got. I just had a, a funny feeling about it. Um, probably something about the... Um, the probability of it being televised. And, um, but we, um, we drew uh, either the, the winner of Wrexham and uh, Sheffield United in our 
um, our FA Cup draw. Um, now, um, um, that's a replay that they're going to have to uh, figure out the results of. They were equal at the end on of the day on, on Sunday. Um, but how are you guys feeling with this potential draw? Um, uh, go ahead, Cy. Well, I, this is this is actually pretty exciting. I, I, I from a from a Chicago fan, from a United States fan, these two owners of Wrexham are just classic, and they're good dudes. And I know they're Hollywood mumbo jumbo bullshit, but what they're doing at Wrexham is just a blast. And I am no Wrexham fan, but I'm a fan of those guys. And I watched the match on Sunday, and I was pulling for Wrexham because it's just fun. It's just good old fashioned fun lower league team playing a team that's probably going to move up into the non-league team year. actually non-league oh, team. Oh, non-league team. yeah you're right sorry non-league team and uh it, it was it was a hell of a game back and forth it was fun they were going absolutely ballistic uh ryan reynolds was going crazy and then then five seconds later he had the look of death on his face like death pool um it was it was amazing and for us to draw them now granted they have to win on the road to qualify to go play us, but um, just a just a fun draw. I mean, I, I don't think their team has any chance in right hell to get past us. So I would love for them to win and see Ryan Reynolds and their their documentary crew come to come to uh, record this game and have some kind of kind of uh, you know talk with, with within the match of Tottenham. But uh, I hope I hope they beat Sheffield and I hope they end up playing us in the next match. Lucas? Uh, yeah, a couple things. Uh, I do not share size enthusiasm. This might be some of the first uh, apost- like, uh, opposite opinions we've had on this podcast today so far, but I do not share the enthusiasm. I think it's a bit of a piss take, and I think it's a bit of – it's almost disrespectful to the players and the fans that are like, we're known as the Ryan Reynolds team. It's the equivalent of, like, do you guys remember in 2013, not a lot of people know this, but – Ted Lasso, which is now a very big thing that everyone knows about, Ted Lasso was a joke from commercials from NBC that originated as him being the Tottenham Hotspur coach in 2013 when NBC took over, when NBC bought the rights. That's what Ted Lasso came from. And then on the show Ted Lasso, apparently they took a shot and had them knock Spurs out of the FA Cup or something in like the semifinals. Like they took some piss take at us. But everyone's like, do you know Ted Lasso? I'm like, well, no, I've never watched the show, but I know the original that started 10 years before. Uh, It's a great show. It really is. Well, it was a great joke. That was our joke. But it would be the equivalent if we were a shit team or if we had, if we were shit and to this day, everyone called us the Ted Lasso team. I'd be like, no, fuck off. We're Tottenham Hotspur. But (laughs) it's like watching a Cowboys game with Jerry Jones. Like, because I'm with Sai. I watched Sheffield, I watched Blades and uh, we- uh, Wrexham in that game, and it was like it was it, I-, I think they went to Ryan Reynolds like 50 times. I'm like, you guys get that there's a match going on. We can show that. <laughs> that being said, I very much hope that Wrexham can go to Sheffield United and get this upset because who would you rather play? Sheffield United or <laughs> Wrexham, we're gonna beat. We could put our U21s and beat Wrexham, 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 into a fucking pulp. Like we could absolutely <laughs> annihilate it. Like I hope we play Wrexham, and there will be an added bit for me 
that we get to be the team that squashed their little fairy tale Ryan Reynolds nonsense and be like, hey, the FA Cup's for big boys. Get the fuck out. Just to push back, I want to be that. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Uh, oh, I think he's class, but I'm like, and, yeah, and Ryan Reynolds. Well, let me push back a little bit because it really isn't so like the sh- if you watch the show and it's a very good show. Um, it's more for people that don't really watch the sport than it's for people that do watch the sport. But it's it really is more about him taking a community that used to be big in the football world. They've become non-league and now he's. Like those two guys, by buying the team and pouring so much money into that community, <laughs> that's kind of in a. a I, that's a, what the a, show's a, about. Yeah. yeah. The show is more Last about the community. Okay, that's what the show's about. And here's where, like, I think it's adorable if you buy into that. What it's about is two fucking businessmen from America that were like, wow, we can get all these saps to watch this because I'm fucking Ryan Reynolds and you're your man from Always Sunny. And we, we're famous and hilarious and everyone loves us. And we can just use our charm to make this a thing. It's not about Ryan Reynolds doesn't give a crap about the community around Wrexham. It's a bit. It's a business investment, and he's making fair fucking change every time they get a FA Cup win, FA Cup replay. It's more time that they're in the spotlight. That's what they're, it's about. They're pouring money into that team though that had nothing before that. that, yeah, that they were going it's under. an investment. Yeah, <laughs> they know they're like we'll use our fame to make this a thing, sell our show. And then, hey, but but sell Wrexham off? You you were just the other week saying that you would love that Qatar money in in the team. Yeah, (laughs) but we wouldn't have Qatar money. This is just the same thing on a smaller scale, only it's it's movie stars that are okay guys, are fun to watch, that we kind of like, instead of Qatar. I don't understand what the difference is. (laughs) <laughs> the difference is we've done stuff before that happened. We've won League Cups. We've won FA Cups. We've won titles. We've been to Champions League finals. It wasn't as if a influx of money was going to make us worth watching. We Rexham didn't use gimmicks to become a thing. Too, Wrexham used to be winners in the past. What we can all agree on is... Tottenham beating Wrexham will look great on Netflix, and I would love to get. It's on yes. Netflix, isn't it? I'm right? not sure. Yeah, I think I think oh, Wrexham. That, that, oh whatever it's on. Yeah, I'm not watching the show. Netflix. I'm looking forward to watching Tottenham win and having that Ted Lasso episode reversed, and this time we win over the smaller team in the cup, and it's going to be on Netflix. And I okay. want to see the Wrexham supporters cry. Not because I hate Wrexham, but because I want Tottenham to win, and I want that to be on Netflix, and then clipped over and over and over again for use on Twitter, and that will make me very happy, and I don't think anyone here could disagree with that. Oh, I certainly no. agree with that. So I go ahead. So, 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 so since I started this madness, and, and Lucas jumped on board and made it madness, which was great. Um, <laughs> Something I have to do great at this podcast. <laughs> let's, let's, let's just end it. Let's, I want to end it with the fact that Lucas – I get what you're saying. Totally understandable. I am a sap for stuff like this. I honestly think they're trying to do the right thing. Yes, 100%. This is a business adventure. No yeah. one's gonna fucking. No one's gonna fucking argue that. Ryan Reynolds didn't wake up one day and say they're not God, doing I it out of their the good free will. Need a hero. Like, right. no, of course like, not. I feel fucking of there's some not. money to be made there. Yes, but I think that they're doing it the right way. I think they've they've surged money into the community. I think the community is responding to them being there. I don't think you're going to find a lot of Wrexham fans saying, 
holy shit, I wish these guys were just fucking gone right now. Um, and so, yes, they're businessmen. They're making documentaries. They're going to make hand over fist this thing. And they're probably going to pull Wrexham out of the non-league and get them into in, into some sort of uh, situation where they can climb the tables. But, I, you, you, you know, at the end of the day, fuck it. It's fun, and I want to kick the shit out of them after they beat Sheffield United. Let's go. Go ahead, Lucas. Finish this off, Lucas. All right, I'll finish this off. Last thing I want to say, and again, I don't want this to be a Wrexham fucking topic, because we all know we're actually going to be playing fucking Blades, and we'll be playing Sheffield. Yeah, we're not gonna, yeah of course we will. Yeah, we will. Sheffield's going to beat the crap to out of Sheffield's like Jesus. We gave you one, and you had 30 minutes against – like Sheffield got a uh, red – no, Sheffield got a red card in like the 60-something minute. Yeah. So it's like you were at home. You got one past us with ten men. We still scored in like the off a corner in the last few seconds. It goes back. It's going to go back to Sheffield United. It's going to be a bloodbath. They're going to take gonna care be of three it. to four. It's going to be three four nothing. It's yeah. It's going to be a beatdown. But that being said, everyone's like, oh, Wrexham getting. They're going to get into the league. They're going to go into League Two next year. Do you think everybody in League Two, who knows that they are just this like antics bullcrap and like they're the Hollywood crap. Everyone in League Two is going to be licking their chops to get their crack at them and give sure. a message, being like, "Oh, we're so and so. We've been yeah. We're like we're Ipswich. I think Ipswich actually might be championship, but who knows? Yeah, some lower League Two <laughs> side's going to be like, oh, these fucking douchebags. Like, you want to come? Thank you. Like, hey, Ryan Reynolds. Like, deal with it. Like, it is going to be a bloodbath for Wrexham in League Two." Because there are League Two perennials, and I'm like, that's, again, nothing to do with us. I just want to say, I hope we can be the team that annihilates them out of the FA Cup. Yes. But I don't think Let's it's go. going to happen. I think we'll get, obviously, Sheffield United. Yeah. But, okay. I mean, yeah. I want to see them just, not because I hate Wrexham, because they suck. I'd rather play the shittier team. <laughs> Well, it's not anyway, rocket science. Let, let's uh, let's move this conversation along. So I just want to briefly talk about transfers. Um, so um, obviously uh, we're we're making the giant assumption right now that the poor deal goes through that that he is actually on a plane. He's about to arrive and get a physical tomorrow morning. Um, maybe that's a huge assumption at this point. But we're, we can assume for for the sake of this podcast, we're going to make that assumption that that deal has gone through, um, that we know for sure that we've got Dan Juma because he's played. Um, Do you guys think that there's anything else that we get across the line last minute, or is that it? Like, does anybody think that there's another transfer in us, like a center back, uh, anything that's being talked about, Lucas? Well, no, and I I think that, I mean – for the effort that it's that we've seen, like these things can't be that cloak and dagger. Like if there was something that was on the verge of happening, like we would know. It's very, very rare that at the last day something pops up that has not been being talked about by all the Tottenham beat reporters. So I don't think we'll see anything. The thing that's important to me though is who we loan out. And I know we talked about Brian Hill, and I'm actually really disappointed that we're sending him out. Uh, where, where did he go? Valencia, was it? Or Villarreal? No, he's going to Sevilla, I think. Sevilla, okay. Sevilla, yeah. But, yeah, it's like, the fact that he's going to Sevilla, I'm like, you are not going to go to Sevilla 
and learn a single thing that can help you come back to the like come back to the Premier League and contribute to our team. You're not going to learn a single thing there. It would be better that we loaned him to Burnley. It'd be better that we loaned like loaned him to Wrexham. Like I, I hate that we're <laughs> like I hate that we're putting him out back to Spain, being like, hey, what it's basically saying is you've been. You, you will no longer be part of our future. We have no future hope for you. So we're going to try and make you a salon. We're going to go hope you go to Spain, prove yourself worthy in Spain, and then we can flip you and make more money than we bought you. That's what that says. With me, it's like Spence. Uh, who's the guy? Uh, who are we rumored to send Spence to? Like a France, uh, French team? He went to rent. He went, he went with the... Oh, um, yeah. Did he, did he already go? Rent. Is it legit? Yeah, Red again. Like, uh, we're, we're okay, giving yeah. them everything. Like, uh, they, uh, and, and what is that going to do him? Like, he should be after they kick us out of the, uh, the conference league, maybe that right. was a, maybe that's oh. why we're gonna, <laughs> they, they uh, dicked us over so we couldn't. Pay just wanted to get one back at him. I was like, hey. Well, I actually, I actually want to comment on the, on, the, on, the, on the Spence thing. The Spence thing is interesting because he's a player that wants to play. Apparently, and obviously, this is all things we're hearing through the grapevine, but he turned, um, he turned down Atletico Madrid. He turned down a couple big teams that that were playing some high-level football, and because he wanted to get a spot on a team, and apparently the right uh, the right wing back at Rennes is down recently, and they needed a replacement, and this is going to give him full time on for the rest of the season to get full minutes at Rennes. And so I I, I kind of give him because these players get a lot of uh, veto power. They can say, "I don't want to go there. I don't want to go here." Um, and maybe that's what uh, Hill's been doing with the uh, Premier League teams. Maybe he's saying that. Maybe he keeps saying, "I want to go back to Spain. I feel comfortable in Spain. I can be, I can succeed in Spain." Um, I I don't know those details, but I really give Spence a lot of credit. Although I want him to play for Burnley, but I I would rather him. You know, I like I like that he's like I want minutes right now. I want to play every game ninety. Let's fucking go. Uh, Michael, well, you're next. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I have to say, I'm disappointed with both of them. I think we could have used them here. But the fact of the matter is, if Conte really thinks that he's not going to play him, and it's obvious, I think, to all of us now, that why we got Spence to not play him, I don't know. But clearly, we're not going to play him with substantial minutes this season. Clearly, Conte has no interest in doing that. It's the same with Hill. Uh, Hill, I understand. I've seen him play. I know all of you love him. I'm not impressed. I think he gets he gets knocked down so easily. I think he makes the wrong decision. He's, he has moments of, of flashes of excellence, but he needs to be on the loan. Spence, though, we haven't even seen enough of him to see him play, and, and we, we really ought to because we've got a spot for him. Again, he, he's a position where we really could put him in, but if we're not going to play him, both of them, I guess we have to loan them out. I think these loans suck, but you know what? We're not playing them right now. They're not seeing the pitch. Uh, they're young. They need the experience. I mean, what are we going to do at this point? So I'm going to argue the case that I think that we actually might have one more move in us. It's not going to be as uh, extravagant as we probably want. It's not going to be like uh, the top-class center back. But maybe it's an unexpected center back that can help uh, improve us now for the rest of the season. And maybe it's just a loan deal or a loan to buy or something like that. But I, I could, 
I could see one more thing that maybe we don't know about that's been uh, that maybe it was talked about six months ago and uh, we don't expect it because I'll think of a sumo move over the summer that 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 kind of popped up out of nowhere and happened. Um, I could see something else being in the works and these guys going out on loan kind of says to me that we we um, we, we have to keep in mind the the English quota, especially for the two Champions League match that, that we have left. Like, um, all that has to be kept in mind. And, uh, yeah, we brought two players in. Now there's two that are going out on loan. But um, I don't know. I think there could be one more thing going on there. But, uh, but uh, it, 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 do you guys all disagree? No, no more moves after this? Um, Lucas? No. And like I said, I'm, I mean, it would be – it would have to be in today's, like if this was 2004, yeah, maybe there could be some kind of move that we weren't hearing about it because we only had like A, B, and C in terms of like communication outlets through the media. I, I think like right now there's, in this day and age, you very rarely hear on the very last day something that hasn't been talked about all of a sudden pops up. Like that is a level of death, like, that's desperation. If you were to keep that under the belt the whole time, that's something you're never going to see from Levy. <laughs> like, if Levy's been working on a deal, he's not going to panic buy at the last second. As we've seen, Levy spends three months to like get a deal over the line. So there's nothing that we're going to have like at the last second pop up that's going to be something that we're going to – because usually in January, you overpay. January is always the seller's market, not the buyer's. The buyers usually take the brunt of it. So I, I don't see there being some mythical deal that we could go get someone. With the caveat that uh, nowadays there's a lot of people that see out their contract knowing that they're going to get more money on a free. Uh, oh, yeah. And, uh, and absolutely. Like, so that kind of changes this winter window. Like, when you've got a guy for another six months, he's definitely not resigning. Um, you'd rather get a little something for him than than nothing at the end of his contract. Um, yeah, that does create a little bit more opportunity than there used to be back in the day in the winter window. But Sai, you've been waiting. Well, that, I, I love your optimism, Anthony. I, I I don't think there's any way in hell we're going to bring anybody else in. There is rumors that there's a center back coming around, but um, no real names being dropped. I it, two things about center backs right now. I one that I think everybody in the Tottenham world needs to just really just shut the F up about is skinnier out of Inter Milan. The dude does not want to come here. He's been talked about. He's been asked in the Italian media, Tottenham wants you, Tottenham wants you. No, I'm an inner player. I'm an inner player. Don't care. Don't care. Now PSG wants him. Apparently he's going to go to PSG. He does not want to come to Spurs. And you know what? I don't want a player who doesn't want to come here. So just Go fly a kite and go buy. Don't don't even want to discuss it anymore. The, the one that really pisses me off is Cancelo. I mean, that guy's a proven stud out of Manchester City, and they're willing to release him. So he's going to go to Byron, apparently. Like that, why not get that guy for 20? I think it's like 22, 24 million, and then sign him to a decent contract. That kid's a stud. You slide him into the dire spot, and now we have a wow. I mean, I, I would be super pumped to get a guy like that. Now, I'm not saying he would come either. These guys have to want to come here. Um, and so, at the end of the day, I don't think you're going to get a last-minute center back, Anthony. 
but I think that's the only position that's being discussed at this point in time. Um, and I don't really know anybody else off the top of my head who's like coming out of contract, a team that needs to sell a, a pretty decent center back in the, in, in Europe. So I think Bastoni, Bastoni is the other one. Um, right. Bastoni. Bastoni, his is up. I think, I think his is up in the summer. Like we were trying to get him last year and this was, he made it clear. He's like, I want to stay at Interlon. I want to see out my contract, but it also seems like if keeping, if us keeping Antonio Conte becomes a thing, that seems like a really, he's never been like you said, side, like, Wanting to go somewhere, it's the player's choice at the end of the day. So, like, yeah. you're not a slave. Like, you can you can say, I don't want to go there. But Stoney right. was very open to going to Tottenham. He was just like, I want to see out my contract with Milan. Fair. And he played with Conte. So, it's like, I, I think that if we can keep Antonio Conte, and I think that's where, Anthony, to your question, a lot of our who's going to buy? Will we see somebody? What do we look at next summer's transfers? I think a lot of it is who's our manager. Yeah. No, I think that's the end all be all of the questions. And that, that might influence some players' decisions. Like I don't want to come somewhere where I don't know who their manager is going to be in four months. Like, well, and I'm going to ask everybody now, we're going to uh, like, assuming this window ends here and I'm wrong. Uh, that we don't, and I don't think it's going to be any of these types of guys that you're talking about, Scrinier or Bastoni. I don't think we're getting anybody that good, but I think we might bring one more player into to throw into the mix there, maybe at center back. But um, but given that, like, let's go on the rating scale of uh, one to five. Five being uh, Conte absolutely is staying, to um, uh, zero being like Conte's leaving tomorrow. Um, uh, how how do you think this window was for us on the Conte staying uh, scale? Uh, let's start with Michael on this one. Um, I'm going to say a 3.5 out of 5. Basically, Conte staying depends on where we are in the season. Uh, he actually, I get the sense from his public statements that he wants to stay if we look promising enough to continue on the project. If we look hopeless at, at the end of the season, he's going to say no. I think that this transfer window, those are two guys that I, I have a feeling that Conte wanted, knowing where they are being put in and, and all of this. I have a feeling. Uh, I don't know about Danjuma because it might have been a last-second thing, a swoop that someone saw an opportunity for. But I have a feeling Conte wanted him. Uh, I think he knew that most of the buying was going to be done in the summers, not in this transfer window. So I think in terms of keeping Conte content, the job has been done, and it's just going to be a matter of uh, where do we end with this season. Also, the one other thing, I remember Conte specifically saying he wanted Kane to win a cup, to win a trophy, that it was important that Kane would win a trophy, and that Conte wanted to help him do that. So in terms of this whole cup thing, I think that is a strong indicator that Conte is going to go all out. He really wants that. He wants that cup, doesn't he? And that's kind of exciting. I'm not going to lie. To see a manager who will prioritize it. So, um, I mean, you can ask Jose Mourinho about that. But uh, let's hope that it all plays out. Yeah. Well, let's go to Cy next. Um, I, agree with, I, I agree with what you're saying about Conte. I, so, uh, Anthony, just to make sure I got the question correctly. You're, you're asking me how the transfer was and how that's going to impact Conte. Yeah, um, what? 
whether this transfer window, like uh, five would be, he, he's absolutely staying because of how this transfer window went. Zero, okay. zero would be like, he's absolutely well, leaving because of how this transfer window I, went. And I'm not going to say anything negative because I really like this kid, Poro, coming in. I think it's like a one, to be honest with you. I don't think this is going to be any sort of magic in Conte's eyes saying, I'm definitely staying now. The board is making moves to make this team better. Um, I mean, the team has gotten better with this move. There's no doubt about that. Um, but I think a lot, a lot uh, I, I don't see Conte as somebody being like, we don't win the FA Cup this year. We don't, well, obviously, we're not going to win the league. But we don't win the FA Cup this year. We don't win uh, Champions League. We don't win anything like that. He, and he feels the need to stay at Tottenham to get a, to get a trophy. Um, I hope he feels that way. Um, but, um, I don't, I don't foresee that being the case. His family's all in Italy. He lives it out of a hotel. Um, he is very happy here, but like that kind of stuff weighs on you. He's a, he's a family man. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I think everybody who comes through the last managers that have come through Mourinho and Conte have gotten a really good taste of what Levy's given to them. And that's a whole lot of shit. It's we're we're not going to give you exactly what you want. We're going to do what we think we need to do, and you're going to do the best what we're going to give you. Um, I mean, goddamn, Mourinho took us to a club final and got fired the day before it. Um, you know, just like just stuff like that is like, come on, like I, I just don't think to save money, <laughs> to save money, and, and yeah, and it's like you know the other thing is we're paying all these managers a pretty good wage, and we're releasing a lot of these managers before they're done. We're willing to give up so much money in release clauses of managers, but we're, we're hesitating to pay $2 million for a guy who's going to be the right back, the right wing back for us for the next five years. That shit just absolutely blows my mind. And uh, to be general in general, I think the way managers are treated and tossed around in every league in the world is just un- unbelievable to me. But uh, what's going to happen? You think Levy's not going to offer Conte a deal? Of course he's going to offer Conte a deal. What happens if Conte doesn't take it? What are we going to go for? Tuchel, probably. We're just going to keep going to all these like managers that have slightly succeeded. We're going to oh, – not slightly. I mean, Mourinho and Conte have obviously are masterminds and, and have succeeded very well. But not to ramble. I just, I just think that this move right now, Conte is not going, now I'm staying. That's what I'm thinking. Well, Lucas, final thoughts on this and then let's uh... – <laughs> Well, I was going to say, well, real quick, like, sorry, if that does happen, that would be the fourth ex-Chelsea manager that we've signed in the last <laughs> decade. Right. Like AVB, Tuchel, Jose, Conte, like, just pick them. Like, Run through apparently them. that's a thing. Uh, no, I just, I think it, if you're Conte, like, why would you want to stay? Why would you want to be somewhere where we're like coming down tooth and nail at the last second to try and get you a wing back when that's been clear that that's something that we should have been doing for the last several, what, we should have done two windows ago. So, no, if I'm Conti, I'm like, look, I, I understand if he wants out, but unfortunately, until he or the club says what their intentions are, us getting a new signing in is kind of it's a moot point like we just don't know it's and if we get the signing in is it a signing in that we want at the last minute to be in Conti's system well what if Conti's not here in four months so it's it's kind of like it's really shitty that the club and Conti haven't been able to meet and get like what 
our goals are together. Either you're part of this or you're not. We'll pay you. We won't. We'll give you what you want. We won't. Like, it should have been ironed out a long time ago. And the fact that yeah. we as the club, like, as the supporter, like, we have no idea whether or not this was a good window or not. Because we don't know if, like, wow, we just got Pedro Poro. He's the best right wing back available. Well, what if Conti's not here in four months and we don't use right wing backs anymore? It's like, where do you fall on the number scale, Lucas? I would say it's a two. Two? Yeah. Okay. I, I think I'm around Michael. Like, uh, you said 2.5, right? No, he you said, said 3.5. 3.5. Okay. I, no, I, so I think I'm falling like right at the halfway mark. It's, it's not enough to assure, like, it, it isn't the type of winter window, like, man, Conte is really being back here, that he's sticking around. Um, but he's getting uh, his wing back finally. He's getting his uh, like he's getting an attacking player that he's been asking for. Um, like he, he's getting what he wanted, but it's not enough of what he wanted. So it's like I think it's leaving us in the same limbo that we were in. So I put us right smack dab in the middle at two point five with on my my own rating scale. But we'll see how this plays out. Um, um, I hope there's more moves to come this window. Probably, you guys are probably right. I'm probably wrong, but I'm still going to hold out hope that there is a little something that they're still trying to push across the line uh, that might be uh, more of like a, some last-minute loans or something like that, some players that uh, um, that are just going to help us out for the rest of the season. Um, uh, Sai, uh, you want to jump in there? Just one last little thing. Let's just say we do get poor across the line, which we're – assuming right now and he makes the team for sunday not starting but let's just say he gets on the bench which wing backs which wing back doesn't make the squad is it emerson is it persich is it session john is it doherty who doesn't even make the bench come this come this sunday uh, go ahead, well Dave. i think is is this not the best like transition into the second half talking about city right yeah, uh, the, the answer would be that uh, if Poro were to somehow be part of that next weekend, uh, the answer would be uh, Doherty doesn't make the bench. Uh, that's, not because, that's not because Royale is better than Doherty. Conti has proven that his number one is Conti, or excuse me, is Con- my number one's Conti. If his number one is Doherty over Royale, but in a game that we're playing City at home, Best case scenario is we get a point. Like, let's get a point. Royale is very, very comfortable defending against the attacking side the city is. Royale is reliable defensively. Doherty, if if you're going to ask him to go forward, the slow fucking Dubliner will take six fucking minutes to get back. Like, Doherty is absolutely used. You can't have him be both. You can't have a game where you ask Doherty to defend and attack. Royale will be the option because it's like, well, he can defend and we're probably not going to need much attacking because we won't have the ball for more than 10 minutes in that game. Well, just to, I, mean, I want everybody to respond to that, but just to say to, to response to that, you had to bring Sessignon off because you're about to throw up at this play. And then you had to move Emerson over to the left side and Perisic cannot play 90 minutes. So I'm, I'm wondering Emerson cannot play the left. I mean, there's just no way. And we've seen Doherty start on the left in situations. So my thought would be Emerson would actually not even make the squad 
But, I mean, you're right, though, Lucas, when you said defensively, of, of those four, Emerson's probably the best in that, in that situation. They yeah. could find other ways to cut players, too, though. I mean, we could see them uh, uh, sit an extra attacking player, and like then we have no attackers coming up today. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's say, that happened like, before. It's not as if we get to control how this game goes. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. It'd be very nice to think that we could, but I'm like, City's going to come at us. They're going to do what they like, what city I've watched a lot of them play because we've all become like the number one city fan. I assume most people listening have watched city a lot more than usual because that's the team we're hoping cuts down Arsenal. Like we're all the biggest city fans on the planet right now when it comes to the league. So we've all watched them more than we would have, but you watch them play and you're like, they usually, they're seeming to do this, like feel you out. We'll feel you out in the first half. And by feel you out, I mean, blitz you with like 11 of the best players on the planet and then are just like well at halftime pep's like all right well we might need to go for it let's put in Grealish and Foden like what (laughs) put in 150 million dollars worth of two subs and we at halftime are like look we might need Dave Sanchez in this one. Like I was about to say, don't yeah. worry, we've got Dave like, and Sanchez. Yeah, we, we're making like 60th minute subs. We're like, oh man, like hope we throw someone on, and it's like, guys, have no fear. Like here comes Sanchez, or like here comes Brian Hill, or like here comes and like City's like here comes, oh, yeah. Langley, here comes Kyle going. Walker, the best, <laughs> the best right back on the planet. They're like, huh. Eh. I guess we could use him. We need to go get another goal. You're like, Jesus. Like, that's the firepower that we're dealing with. So I'm like, if we can actually just keep our shape and let it be, like, don't try and come at him. Keep our shape and let's hit him on the break like we usually do when we play City. Shit. I'm like, the first time, the, the Jose season, we scored off like two shots and it was like Winks drew a red card and Bergvine had like a cracker and it was like, well, <laughs> that's how we won 2-0. So well, you're right. that's that's it, the type it, of stuff it, it, that it, we're gonna need. We're lot, not gonna go but... tooth we're not gonna go like tooth for tooth with this team and like come away with a win. The the defensive discipline is gonna be key. Uh that's how we won last year and the year before was not making the, that many mistakes defensively and then um, being clinical with our uh, our shots, and you know we're we're two for two shots. It's uh, it's Kulisevsky and it's Kane, and there's one offside shot, and that's it, and that's all we need, and that's enough. This year we are making way more defensive mistakes, and um, that's why I kind of agree. Docker D Docker Dino, as some have called him, I think he's a great crosser compared to Royale. I think he can even shoot better than Royale. I think he can head better than Royale, though Royale did score with that header last time out against Man City. But at the end of the day, he's too slow. And uh, I think Conte also has concerns about his energy and fitness levels in terms of a whole 90 minutes. And Royale, uh, he can putter along at least, and he can, and like you said, he's stronger defensively. Sess defensively, I don't think he was catastrophic, even though he did make a few big mistakes in that Man City game. Of course, still offers nothing going forward, but I'm going to agree. I think, I think so, sadly, Dr. Dino is going to be out, and uh, it's going to be Royale and Poro. But you're right, it still allows us to put Royale on that left side if we needed to, and Perisic will still be a great 
uh, crosser if we need him. So, yeah, I think I agree with uh, Luke there. Sorry. No, I'm I, I'm in agreement. I, I didn't know if it was going to be Doherty or or uh, Oriel, but I mean, good discussion there. I, I mean, it's a good like a it's a good problem to have, right? We're gonna we're gonna bring a kid in who's a stud, and we're gonna have five wingbacks, and we're gonna figure it out from there. Um, it'll be fun to see who actually makes the bench and who doesn't. Um, maybe and maybe you're right, Anthony. Maybe like if we just take off an attacking guy, and we have everybody come in from the midfield, and we have seven midfield subs, uh, which probably wouldn't blow my mind either to have. Skip and Basuma and Hoiber and Bentiker and the wingbacks. Um, who knows? Um, but it'll be fun to see. Yeah. Uh, any any other thoughts about how this might play out? Like, I, I'm just going to say that I think we could play up to, to them. We've seen it happen before. It could happen. It probably won't, but it's possible. And, uh, and I can hold out hope for it. And I think it's always like uh, a ends up being like a a game where we end up scoring, they end up scoring and it's a it's more about scoring goals than it is about uh, uh preventing goals sometimes. So Lucas uh no, uh since like since City has like taken over the new ownership and become a big club which again good on them. They did it the right way. They were just they grinded all those years and got bought by a and tycoon. sold to an oil yeah. company. <laughs> like, nice. Be nice. Like since then, I'm like, we've taken more points off them than United has. <laughs> so it's like, when it comes to, when it comes to Tottenham, it's like Tottenham city. We somehow, we somehow bring like the craziest games out of each other. And usually it's well, man city had 48 shots today. None of them went in. It's like Tottenham had two shots. Like, well, they both went in. <laughs> So, if you were to tell me, like, City wins 6-0, I'd be like, yeah, probably. On paper, that makes sense. But it's like, well, Tottenham had one shot. City had 50. Like, yeah, was it, like, sun from outside the box? I'd be like, well, yes. And you won 1-0. <laughs> so, just, I mean, so, it, just to your it, point, it, it wouldn't surprise me anyway. Well, just to your point before you go on, like, uh, one little factual thing that I found while I was setting up my notes for the podcast um, so with the victory that City had over us uh, at their home, um, they did surpass us in career wins. They now we've lost them 63 times in history, and they beat us, um, and we beat them 65 times in history. So this was one where, like, uh, yeah, you, you talk about that classic. Uh, uh, team um, like we somehow the- bring the weirdest. And again, I talk about a game from this is probably before like a lot of our listeners, but we were up three nil and we had City get a red card and they scored four with ten men and it was probably one of the bleakest moments of my life as a Spurs fan. So I just want to say I'm glad I wasn't here for that. Yeah. And <laughs> but you know what though? Every City fan will tell you they're like, ah, oh, that ball went off Lorente's elbow in the Champions League. I'm like, hey, justice. Still counts. Yeah. And Aguero was offside. So Aguero who was knows? definitely offside. Oh, yeah. That one. <laughs> well, let's go to predictions with that. Um, and um, I keep putting you on the spot, Michael, but we're going to start with you. I'll take it. I'm prepared today. I think it's going to be 2 2. I think it's going to be Kane. I think it's going to be Kulu. And, oh, 
I want to say they get a penalty because they always seem to get a magical penalty, but I don't know. I don't know what they're going to bring. But I'm going to say 2-2. I'm going to – and honestly, I also feel like there's an off chance I'm wrong and we win. Yeah. Uh, well, either of those are po- – it always seems possible. Like, uh, like, when, like I'm never going to call somebody crazy for their city prediction. Um, uh, let's go to Cy next. Uh, Lucas is – his his memory of this stuff is really unbelievable, but I, I, I we've played them very well at home, um, and this is a huge match for City. I mean, they really need to win this game uh, just to keep pace with Arsenal and still have two matches against Arsenal. And I, there, there's there's drooling to get to those matches. Um, I, I I do think they nip us. Um, this is the first game I'm going to take us losing this year. Uh, I'm, I am the optimist, but I think we're going to end up losing this match three to one, and the goal is going to come from Sun. Yeah, I, it, that also seems like a very reasonable prediction to me as well. Uh, where are you at, Lucas? You have us losing, right? Based on well, your locks. Nah, see, look, on the locks, if you're a gambler, trust my locks and trust the process. Yes. We will not win this game. If you're gambling, trust my lock. Uh, for predictions, I'm going to say we win 3-2. And the reason being is because, of course, Arsenal winning the league will be because we helped by losing twice and beating City. Like right. uh, Us beating City will somehow help Arsenal to win the league. And that will be the kick in the nuts that just hurts the most. So... I'll go three two, uh Sunbrace. Yeah, Sunbrace. Okay. Sunbrace and let's yeah, let's leave it there. I was gonna yeah. say I can tell you I can tell you exactly which three city scorers are gonna score, but Okay. Well yeah, but we all get extra points for that. Um Unfortunately I think like uh Lucas, you might be right. It's weird that like I'm like winning would be great, but then yeah, like if we put Arsenal in the uh, the driver's seat in the league because they win their match this weekend, that would be not so great. Uh, so it's just, but you can't root against us, so I would be no, excited. No, never. I would be excited with a win. I'm going to say it's a little bit uh, a smaller of a win than we are expecting. It's not going to be as many goals as we've been getting. I'm going to say it's a 2-1 victory. Um, we get a goal from Harry Kane because it's he's Harry fucking Kane, um, and we haven't even talked about. I think I'm the first person to mention his name this whole episode. Which, uh, oh no, I think we mentioned that he was on the bench the whole time, but uh, for the other game. But yeah, he's Harry fucking Kane, so he's going to get a goal. Um, and I think uh, yeah, Son continues his form and he gets one as well. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap up the episode? Sorry? Yeah, I just want to. I, I saw a stat the other day which kind of amazed me that Harry Kane, speaking of Harry Kane, has, has played in every single game that Conte's been the manager of. He's at least a minute of every single match. Uh, the last match being the only one he has not seen the pitch on. Um, and I guess that goes to show a little about Conte. Like he's, he wants to play this kid, he wants to win. Um, I get that. Um, I was going to say one last thing about um, Arsenal and uh, man. Oh, here's what I was going to say about that. Um, obviously, we all want Arsenal to, to not win this fucking league, which because it'd be atrocious. But at the end of the day, we got to get our business done. 
and we need to qualify for the Champions League for next year. And hopefully we do that through winning the Champions League this year. But if we don't, Champions League qualifications is just gigantic. It brings players in. It gives so much more money uh, to the club to spend. And uh, I could give two shits about who's winning this league right now because we're not going to be the ones that do it. So fuck Arsenal and fuck the league. Yeah, good good chat there. We we do need to emphasize the the league, and that might be have a lot to do about the Dan Juma move. Uh, go ahead, Lucas. All right. Yeah. Last thing is again we brought up Arsenal winning the league, all that. We brought up FA Cup. To me, this is something that's really important because right now we're at this weird place with all Spurs fans where people are like, ah, well, if we get rid of Conte, should we get Pochettino back? Should we do this? Like, who should we? It's We're all panicking, and I just want to remind people that we just beat Preston North End in the FA Cup, and never once did Conte look at Kane being like, yeah, I need you. Because that's better for the team. We played Tranmere under Pochettino, and we're up <laughs> 7-0 against Tranmere away. We were up 7-0, and Pochettino thought it was appropriate to bring on Harry Kane in the 80th minute. Because he, never... felt, he felt that England needed to see their captain. Fuck people from Tranmere. Like, the Scousers in Tranmere. Like, fuck off with that. What matters is us. Conti gets that. Poch was like, yeah, but, like country honor like good on that i'm like fuck that i love the fact that conti was like look we were up three nil didn't need it kane get back on the bench yeah not only that but that's what sir alex ferguson used to do yeah he used to like mail in he'd call like the manager of wales and ireland been like hey sorry like roy Keane can't play today or so-and-so can't play it's like yeah so i i'm i'm psyched at the direction we're going in I'm psyched that it's this, it's the end of the window, and we have three competitions that we can win. <laughs> League's still on, boys. But yeah, I'm like, this is somewhere we're excited to be. And for all the crap and the insanity that we bring upon ourselves as like Spurs supporters, if this is our worst season and it's like, I can live with it. Like, we're, we're doing all right. Yeah. Um, Michael, bring it home. Yeah, I will. Uh, with some more Spurs optimism and a friendly reminder not to listen to Tottenham Twitter, which I think is a cesspool, a wretched hive of scum and villainy that and take that the over makes... and take the over in this game that I'm about to throw. <laughs> yes, yes, also that, but we could still win. But um, more, more on that next podcast. We'll get the debrief on that game. But, <laughs> but. Um, don't listen to Tottenham Twitter. I really, I, I can't believe it. But they, the way everything is a disaster. Uh, a couple, a couple losses, and uh, Levy out. Enic is a bunch of thieves, and uh, and Harry Kane's leaving. Oh wait, no, he's staying. He's the greatest player we've ever had, but I don't want to see him again because he might leave. Blah 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 blah. Stay out of the new, the the short term news cycle. Focus on the long term vision, which I think. Right now, Conte's the manager. We're backing him while he's here. It doesn't matter what you think. We're backing him while he's here. And we made some signings. We're still in it. We could get fourth place in an FA Cup and a Champions League title in one season. It's all possible. 
And uh, I, for one, am vaguely optimistic that we'll get at least one of those three things. Great shout. Great shout. And I think that is a good place to wrap it up. Amen. Amen. So uh, thank you so much to uh, Cy Lucas and Michael for being on today. And thanks to Tommy for editing today. Charlie for the music. Sam for social media. Kimberly for the logo. And as always, The Atlantic. Uh, Find us on our many platforms, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and many more. Hit the subscribe button on those uh, platforms and register review where you can. Um, Find us on uh, Twitter and Facebook at 4 Spurs and our website at 4 Come on, you Spurs.